0: welcome to the conversation of money podcast i'm your host peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it this is where we talk about money and it is my mission to empower you to help you make the best financial decisions possible why because money is a tool life is for living let's go Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversation of Money podcast. Glad that you are here. Um, this episode, this week, um, I've brought on a a friend, someone that I've met online. I've been on his show on the YouTube channel, so it's only right that I return the favor and actually have him on the podcast as well. We're going to be talking about something that um I've I've spoken about briefly on the on the podcast before, and that is the fact that. Or the question I would say is it possible for you to change your social status? And Aaron's story is really, really unique, especially based on his background and where he is right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into the weeds of that. And I'd like to welcome Aaron Knightley. Welcome, mate.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to hopefully you know sharing some value and um, and covering off some cool topics. So cool.
0: I'm sure that you absolutely will. So, for the listeners who probably don't know who you are, can you give a brief introduction to to you, um, who you are, and then we can we can jump off from there?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, for anyone who did follow me on Instagram, I was originally Nightly Investments. Then I went to Aaron Knightley Official. Now off Instagram, but I am Aaron Knightley. I am the the founder of Nightly Investment Group. So, essentially. What I do is, I not only work for high net worth clients, family offices, that's UK and abroad now. Um, I'm, an, I'm a private investor myself now. And I just work in different areas in the financial uh, sector industry, I suppose, uh, sort of, I suppose, acting as a middleman, but also now as a private investor and very active myself, lending out our own money and hopefully aiming towards becoming a small family office and then over time growing that ourselves.
0: Fantastic. Cheers for that. And by the way, Aaron has actually got a little bit of a book out at the moment, which, by the way, is it is topical for what we're talking about here. Tell people about the book, actually, if, if you if you will. Book number two or book number one? Uh, the one you've just, well, actually, talk us through both. Actually, give us a synopsis of Brooke. Oh, yeah. So, I mean,
1: for anyone wanting to know more about finding and working with high net worths, there is an ebook that I did last year called How and Where to Find High Net Worth Investors. So, that basically, to sum that up, not spend too much time, I have 19 unique ways in which I built up, I would say, a good 80, 90% of my network now. And the methods that I used were very outside the box. And they weren't your sort of typical ways of going to a networking event. They were different ways. And I share those in that book. And then most recently, as I know, um, you've got yourself a copy there, Pete, is Self-Education Equals Success and Income. And that basically is just a book to offer value, inspiration, and motivation that you can come from any backgrounds, less fortunate circumstances. And as long as you're willing to put in the effort and educate yourself, you can rub shoulders with people who elect, who eventually... Can bring you into their circles and you can earn good money and you can see success from that
0: Absolutely, yeah and i think that's really important that's what we wanted to get into in this episode because you know i know i know from being around high net worth individuals and, and advising them at some point in my career that that for me at least there were some really key lessons and i, I would get i would say realizations that i'm like number one this is a completely different world. <laughs> Number two, is like, okay, you have this, um, oh, well, certainly for me, I had this, um, can I say anxiety or um, imposter syndrome of, okay, how am I going to fit into this little circle right here? And mm. I'd love to first and foremost start with your background because you're not you're not the kind of person that was born into that kind of circle. So can you give people just a, bra- a, a breakdown of your background? And then we can talk about how you transition to actually get to work with these high net worth individuals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the funny thing is just to start off, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen me before the problem, the first thing they probably noticed is oh, I have a neck tattoo, I have hand tattoos. So if you line me up, as we said before, if you line me up with a hundred other people, um, in the financial sector, especially in London, um, I stick out like a sore thumb. I wouldn't, but then saying that, when I'm in a suit, I look smart in a suit. So just as the next uh, man or woman. But um, really, my background. Um, I mean, I can I can say this to you, uh, you know, and I hope hope this relates to people is that you know I didn't speak like this ten years ago. Um, I could have gone down a different path. I come from a very working class background. Um, originally from a council estate. My parents have worked their whole lives. They're still working to this very day. Um, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. And I went into full time work, didn't do well at school. Academically, I'm absolutely rubbish. Like, you know, came away with pretty much nothing. Um, ended up wanting to go down sort of the um, uh, military route and going down into logistics, engineering, uh, very kind of labor um you know, labor intensive roles, basically, you know, just that working class. Mm-hmm. And then really the the changing, the, I always had a I always had a burn to do something more. I always had that fire. um I just didn't have the guidance. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is just the guidance. You know, people can feel this want to do more. And just to summarize, it really is I could never sit still in one place. And I think many people who haven't got guidance, they're thinking, you know, why, why can't I just settle down in a job? You know, what, what's wrong with me? Actually, they're probably they're probably destined to do more. And um, I met an old business partner who was a family friend who was in property,
0: did very well, took me under his wing. Um, and the rest is history, which I'm sure we'll get into. You know, it's really important. It's, it's an interesting point that you make there in terms of, you know, like that because I know, and I was certainly the, I'm certainly the same. Like what when I first started in banking, it's like, you feel fidgety. Like, yeah, yeah. this is cool, but come on. Like there's something else like, I wonder what's next is almost, and that is my go-to kind of like default setting as a person. And it's not all rosy and happy when you have that default, because the question then becomes, well, when is enough enough? But it's interesting that you state that, because I think that is true for most people who innately just want to be able to see what's next once they've hit a certain parapet. Would you say that is very much true for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I like the statement, you don't know what you don't know. Until and, you
0: know you don't know it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the case is there's so much that I think people have to give. It's just that they're not rubbing shoulders with the right people, whether that's coming down to bad choices, um, where they grew up. You know, I grew up around very rough people. I could have gone down a very uh, different path. I was on a different path. And like I said, the change, you have to have change. And you have to have guidance. One, I found the guidance. Uh, you have to enjoy learning. You Have to be disciplined and, and consistent and, and determined. And I'm all of those naturally. You have to have those traits anyway. You have to want it. So when you are, you know, when the doors are, op- are opened, that's then down to you to go. I'm now gonna, the door's been open, I'm gonna put in the effort. And um, I went down the property route, did a lot within that, and then I was exposed to finance uh through a few meetings, connections, and then I realized. there's some money to be made in
0: finance Uh, and then you change your life. Um, so yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You, you mentioned something earlier and I want to, I want to raise this because, um, I think this is for maybe younger people watching, um, an important lesson. And I often get pulled up for, for this one specific thing. And it will be interesting to see your reaction because you mentioned it. You, you, you mentioned, you said that you didn't always speak like this. Yeah. And I found that certainly within professional settings, I mean, I, I, I naturally spoke well anyway, Mm -hmm. but you have to be on point and be able to speak appropriately for the setting that you're in. How true is that statement for you?
1: Yeah. And this comes into imposter syndrome, which you need to let go of because at the end of the day to do business, you have to put many hats on. So, you know, um, That's one thing you'll find it quite hard at the beginning is, um, you know, we all spoke, depending on who you hang around with, you will then speak like you will pick up on that lingo.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You learn very quickly from losing clients and losing business that you weren't speaking the right lingo or you weren't educated enough to hold that conversation. And I've learned very quickly, if I'm dealing with someone who has 10,000 pounds, you might be a little bit more, Relax. It might be because they are more retail. But as soon as you jump up to someone who is talking 5-10 million with you, you need to be at such a high caliber to have that conversation because no one will ever move money in and around those figures if they do not have trust and they don't believe that you're educated enough to hold that conversation. And a lot of people think you have to be pompous and a silver spoon. Well, actually, um, I'm living proof that's not the case. And and, you know, as long as you can educate yourself enough, put on the right hat at the right time, um, you can pretty much do business with most people, um, despite there are a few still old school peoples that, you know, um, will, will look and they'll think, oh, I'm not doing business because he's got tattoos. They're there. They'll always be there. But as long as you're educated and you can hold those calibre of conversations, um, business can be done.
0: So education is has been a key thing for you then. I mean, how have... In the investment world, there are so many, um, the language is vast. I mean, yeah there are so many rabbit hole holes that you could go down depending on what you're talking about and depending on the kind of person that you have in front of you. What's been key for your education to get you to this level at this point?
1: Yeah, yeah. it's... One answer is it's audible. So, you know, if, if people are watching this and they're thinking, oh, I come from a council estate or I come from a normal background, or my mum and don't, don't have a lot of money or, you know, I'd love to get into property, um, is, is, is two bits of advice is don't pay for huge amounts of education. Um, take out audible and just say, right, for the next year, I'm going to listen in the morning, in the car, on the train, in the gym. And it just opens your mind. I mean, I, I put it on a video recently. I think it was my video most recently about the book. Um, and I showed on there. I think I've done two months, six days, six hours, and fifty nine minutes of Audible. You know, that's a lot of hours. You know, I've so everything I've learned. I can pretty much say, apart from being boots on the ground and actually experiencing things, which helps massively. Um, Audible's been the rest of it. Um, I've literally learned everything off Audible. So if you're watching it, go download Audible and start listening because it will, it will double, triple, quadruple your income. That's Mm -hmm. just the truth.
0: Yeah. I mean, knowledge is, and and know-how is really, really important. I think oftentimes that is, um, it's underestimated and almost looked over sometimes because it's certainly in business. One thing that I found is that a lot of people are more concerned with um, what the brand looks like in terms of what the brand can actually deliver yeah. to your end consumer or your end client. And I think in order for you to deliver something that is number one, valuable that people are going to pay you for, you have to have the know-how behind it. And that kind of leads us into the business transition. How did you go for- how did you even start setting up your business as it currently sits? Did you always know that you wanted to work with high net worth people? Or was it just kind of like, oh, you started here, then you started, you identified it and transitioned into it.
1: Well, this is the, this is the other interesting thing. And hopefully people watch this and go, that's where I'm at at the moment is that you have to go through the stages of ticking off all the boxes because Mm. what you're doing now might not be what you're doing in five years. So, and that's how it happened for me. You know, I originally went into property, did some joint ventures, didn't have a lot of capital, raised some money through friends and family. Luckily, I had a partner who had quite a bit of capital anyway. Um, And through meetings, through, you know, putting in effort, networking, doing stuff like that, your your direction changed. And then then I met high net worths and I met the right person. I was likeable. Um, I didn't carry any, you know, I didn't have an ego. I didn't carry a chip on my shoulder. New doors opened and then you start to and then you start to learn what you like. So it is a case of that classic you know you're not gonna there are so many options. you just have to try them, not spend too much money. if it doesn't work move on. and I did that time and time again. you know I had eBay shops, um, we had a wedding business at one point all these little things we tried, um, but we cut our losses. it's knowing when to cut your losses and move on. and ultimately I ended up in finance, ended up working with high net worths did a very good job of what I did. And then as you will probably know as well, Pete, um, the referral introduction system kicks in. I don't have to look for for high net worth now. Another high net worth will talk to another high net worth and so forth. And that's where I am. And that's where the business is. Um, we've got a lot of plans in, in terms of branding and, and new digital assets that we're looking at uh, going forward, but it always comes back to now being a smart investor and staying within
0: finance. Absolutely. And when you first started working with, you know, um, the high net worth individuals, we'd spoken a little bit about imposter syndrome before, were there any key things that you were like, I need to adjust or adapt this about how I'm working, or maybe yeah. even about my personality and how I naturally come across to be a more, to be more acclimatized to the environment that you're walking into. Cause I think people often miss underestimate, I would say. How different it is in terms of world structure, etiquette, when you're dealing with high net worth individuals. It is a completely different world. Yeah. You learn, you learn everything from you don't send a WhatsApp message saying, mate, you
1: don't send a text message. <laughs> you structure your emails correctly, your wording, your commas, your grammar has to be perfect. And you learn, you know, you're not going to get it right. I never got it right. Um to begin with, but you learn as you go to these meetings, you learn as you meet people, you, you know, you listen more you know, just the, the standard, you listen more than you talk. Um, you pick up on things and, and the whole imposter syndrome, believe me, I went through that and look, I talk about it in, in my book about imposter syndrome. It can be your, it can hold you back. So we do need to let go because who, who has the right to certify us as what we are, as long as we're, we're being authentic, transparent, everything like that who's to turn around and say, well, you can't do that. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't talk. You didn't talk to me like that five minutes ago. I know what you really talk like. You know, I won't talk, you know, uh, when I'm with my mates and I've had a few to drink, I'll probably talk a little different than what yeah. we're talking like yeah. now. Um, but yeah, the imposter syndrome, believe me, I used to come back on the train and I used to say to my wife, honestly, you should believe the room I was just in. I probably had the lowest net worth um, in there. No, I knew I had the lowest net worth and you, and then I would come away and I'd say to my wife, it just doesn't feel right being in that room. It does feel right because I need to be in that room. I need to be in an uncomfortable position. But at the same time, I come from a council estate, um, and I'm in I'm in a room with multimillionaires, and they're gonna they're gonna be working with me. And you think, but only if they knew. But it's not that. It's you're. They're seeing someone in you. You know that they're, they're seeing them in you. And and as long as you're likable. I believe you can do business with anyone as long
0: as you're likable. Simple. I would completely agree. I I 100% agree. I've been in exactly the same situation as you where it's like, I remember being sat at this dinner table once and I had a couple of millionaires and there was this one guy who was a billionaire on the table. And I'm sat there looking at him thinking to, to myself, what on earth am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Yeah. And then I, I had to stop and just think hang on a second he's a person like me he just has a few more zeros against his net worth than me but ultimately he's still a person mm-hmm. so what i then or what i always try to do with everyone that i meet is okay what is the person who are, who is the person what is the person like and started to communicate on that level because i think when you're sat in front of people who have got way more significant net worths than you, it's very, very easy for that to take that lead. i like, oh my God, I, I'm not worthy to be here. He's yeah. got so much money. And actually in the scheme of things, the money doesn't matter. I wanted to learn what made you special to the point that you had the the um, the traits, the attributes, the ability, the skill, the mindset to be able to achieve what you've done. And I find that when you, you cue into the person, uh, what drives that person, their aspiration, their motivations, that's where you find common ground. And for me, that was certainly where, when I was in a room with with millionaires and, and high net worth individuals, if you start at that point, you're automatically on that even kill immediately because you're looking beyond their net worth, looking at them as a person. And I don't know whether that's true for you.
1: It is. And I think as long as they're, if they're nice people, you know, a lot of people w- would take a guess that people with money perhaps a bit pompous and stuff like that some people are i mean we, we've, we've probably both met them they are mm-hmm. but there's a lot of really generous people who who will turn up in trackies who will turn up in jeans you know if you're having a, an, a formal meeting they'll dress smartly but they're normal people and, and if you start to if you start to sort of crawl at their knees and and, and a you know, and turn up with gifts and stuff like that. They can smell that you're sort of sucking up to them, and, and then and then there's that level, and then and then you've already created that divide. Whereas if you turn up and like you say, they go to the toilet, we go to the toilet. They bleed, we bleed. Um, and if you can find that common ground of, you know, I always make an effort now, and I always say to people when I do my one-to-one calls, and they say, you know, when's too soon to to mention business? When's too, and I say always just talk about. Relatable things first. You know, how's the family? You know, how did your wife get on? And talk about everything else other than business first um, and judge it and just build rapport. And I find that I built a lot of rapport over weeks and months, which led to one meeting, two meeting, three meeting, which led to business at the end of it. And it wasn't hard business. You know, I'll, I'll give you something today. I met someone once in London. And today we're doing around about a hundred thousand pound in transactions today. I met him once, but we've had multiple phone calls. We get on like a house on fire. We'll go for a beer. He's coming down to see me. Um, so that just goes to show you, you know, anything is possible as long as you just follow those steps really, and just be a, just a nice person.
0: Yeah. I think, I think one of the key lessons that, well, the key phrases that someone told me was people buy people and it's true. It really, really is. And, I, I would completely agree with what you're saying there in terms of, you know, you have to kind of let the, the natural rapport and the natural conversation just guide you in terms of when do you move on. And I always like to be led by the client. If I got to the point where I felt like actually they're okay to move on, then move on to something else and being able to, there's a, there's a huge attribute to be able to being able to read people that comes into this as well and being able to listen to body language and see body language and just little things that you think and just being discerning when it comes to dealing with those kind of people. Absolutely and and not only that is is the visual of it I have to overcome although I don't
1: find it anymore because I think my branding and, and anyone that I kind of deal with may know of me already because it might be word of mouth but if I was meeting someone brand new for example there was an investor who was based in Malaga Um, The first time I met him in the UK, older gentleman, I knew someone who knew of him. That's how the introduction happened. But we'd never really met each other. And it was a bit of a distant introduction connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first time I met him and we shook hands, instantly I saw him look at my neck and my hand tattoos. That's fine. Um, I've I've had it before because some people may think, oh, my God, you know, I can't trust this guy. You know, that's, that's the reality of it. But then when we talk... We go through the products. You know, we talk business. We go through it. My, my knowledge, my my experience, just puts them instantly at ease. And there is no different from what I've been able to do to anyone who's watching this who thinks I can't. You know, maybe I'm from the same background. It's exactly the same for for you. Literally, what I've done is is nothing that someone else can't do.
0: And so, my follow up question to that is, you know, if you had to distill, kind of like give people maybe like a, a one or two three point blueprint, what will be the top three things that will that you would say, right? Beware of this or do this? Uh, I would say number one, don't waste
1: time. And what do I mean by that is do not so if you want to start networking, start building, start figuring out what your new business is going to be, you may need leverage in order to do that, whether that's startup capital, whatever it is you need to get going or whatever you feel a power team or whatever it is. What I mean by don't waste time is, you know, for example, if you're in property or you're wanting to start a new business and you need startup capital, there's actually no point going to a property networking meeting or even a, even a, um, a startup capital seminar because everyone else is in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You need to go to an art gallery that the minimum entry to purchase is 50,000 for the first and the lowest painting so you need to be in a room where people have money you then need to determine the room that you're going to enter is there a networking period where you can talk um is there a list beforehand if you apply to go to this networking event in london or wherever it may be do you get the list beforehand so you can dissect who you're gonna who you're gonna approach so you maximize your time so i would always say don't get off your couch and pay to go to somewhere if anyone in that room can't help you in one way or another and you help them so don't waste time. Secondly, um, you if you do have any kind of ego or you think you know you know it all, whatever it might be, that needs to be left at the door. You need to go in as an open book, you need to be honest, transparent, because you may come across someone who really likes you and can see them in you. So just be open, transparent. And then I I, I suppose thirdly, is is to let go of what we see a lot in today's society and and marketing techniques is that it happens in uh, 30, 90, or 352, you know, um, 356, 65, however many days, you know, literally, uh, whatever these timelines that these training and educational companies say that you can do it in, um, we need to forget about that. This process may take one, two, three, four, five years for you to get to where you want to be. And that's the reality.
0: I think that's an important part because I think, you know, we're, I want to ask you about social media and, and all that in a moment, but there is so much on social media at the minute, which is all about the hype. It's a, high, it's, a it's a highlight reel. Uh, yeah, we did this in 60 days. We did this in 90 days. The reality is that that's probably not going to be the case for you. And perseverance is very, very, very important in this game.
1: It is. And I. it's so funny because if you ever start out in anything and someone told you the journey, I've had this, car, so many people have said this to me. If you knew what you had to go through in the beginning, you'd probably never start because you would see this long road. It's like I do the London to Brighton bike ride. I try and do it every year. And everyone builds up what's called, um, I can't think of the last hill. I just can't think of it. But this last hill that they talk about, it's built up like it's Everest. So people are already failing in their mind before they get to it. I didn't even think about that hill. I didn't even get mm-hmm. off my bike. I just went up the hill. It was another hill. There was loads of hills on London and Brighton. I went over all of them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think as long as you, as long as you don't look too far ahead and you just deal with the here and now and you jump the hurdle that's in front of you, you can make it through. But, um, I never would have thought that, I mean, I started really all of this journey when my son was born. So when I was around about, 20, 21, let's say 21, you know, it's pretty much taken me, I'm I'm 20, I've literally turned 29 and I'm 29. So let's just call it eight to nine years, uh, in that period. I originally thought I was going to be where I was in 24 months. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of now doing what what I aimed out to do. Mm. (laughs) It's taken me eight years. I didn't think that back then. So it takes longer.
0: And I think the important thing there is that it's a journey at the end of the day and a journey doesn't have to have a time, time stamp to it. It's you are where you are now. The the exciting bit is where you're going to be in another 24, 36, you know, nine years time. That's really the exciting part. And I always say to people, just enjoy the journey. Like even what I do right now, I'm looking at everything that's happened over the last 20 months of being on YouTube. And I have I feel like I've hit a plateau. I've hit that glass ceiling. So I'm trying to figure out how do I burst through that glass ceiling? And it's challenging and it's frustrating. And you know sometimes you wanna give up, that's natural. It's always gonna be difficult. But the way you approach this is really important. And for me, I'm like, okay, this is a brand new challenge. I'm going to go back to basics and I'm just going to enjoy the process. And I think you learn more on the journey and through the process. And that's more rewarding than actually making it to where you wanted to be in the first place. I don't know whether you agree with that statement, but that's been so true for me in my career. Uh, yeah, I
1: totally agree with what you've just said. And you know, there's a bit in my book where I put it doesn't matter whether you crawl, walk, sprint. It doesn't matter as long as you progress each day, because this is this is another problem in today's society is we're in 100%, 24-7, seven days a week comparison. Yeah. Um, so you feel that you're racing against someone when you're actually not. And and I spoke with a very good business businessman who runs a very successful business, a sort of friend of the family. And he said to me, you know, when we were talking about stuff and he said, where do you want to be? And I gave him all these dates and I said what I want to do and he said that's all great blah 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 he said the only thing you kept saying was you want to do it by this date this date this date. he said I promise you he said this isn't to squash you and put knock you back but it won't happen like that it is a journey and this literally what you just said and he said it will be up it'll be down it'll be down but the good thing is it will mold you at the end and you'll have so much experience but it will be a journey I promise you if you don't hit a deadline doesn't matter just keep going um And i kind of remind myself for that now so um you know i call it rest reflect and recover you know and and go through that process and then and then go again so um it is a journey yeah
0: and i know you recently came off uh, social media so aaron has like a weekly newsletter that you do and um i remember reading one and watching the video that you did about social media you've come off it completely um i've stepped back a little bit from things like instagram now um just talk to talk me through your your rationale because in the video you explained you actually did some analysis didn't you we were like well actually it was taking up this much time now i've allocated that to something else and it's going to move me closer
1: yeah i mean instagram I, I look at everything you know perhaps it's a bit analysis paralysis but i kind of look at everything now really i, I really value time that's what i'm trying to get the message across here is i really value time and um you know, I was spending sort of seven, eight, nine hours a week. And then I was looking at my return on investment time invested, you know, how much money was I making from Instagram? And I was making it through leads and, you know, stuff like that. But my clientele is very much a specific clientele. So I wasn't generating enough. I was spending more time consuming than creating, um, but the creating wasn't generating enough return on time invested. So you know, and it was affecting other areas. You know, I'd be sitting here writing my book, and unless it was on flight mode or my phone was out of sight, you know, you'd end up scrolling or you hit that. You know, you hit TikTok. I mean, TikTok, my god, but you know, it's um, it's insane. So I decided I don't need Instagram, and as I knew it would, productivity's gone through the roof. Literally, completed my book like that. I'm already pre-planning my second book. I've got my digital products that are coming out soon, more time for YouTube, more time for my family, more time for my clients. Um, It's just people have this fear of missing out. And when I came off Instagram, was it weird for the first week, two weeks? Yeah. But I've got so much more clarity now and my business will grow so much quicker, which gives me back more time.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is almost uh, the perfect kind of like end to the podcast. And I hope if you've been listening to this, that you've picked up something um, that is valuable, that has been interesting to you. I like having these kind of conversations with real people because at the end of the day, there are real stories. And I I don't necessarily believe that you have to look towards Beyonce and Jay-Zs of this world for you to be inspired. Like the most inspiring stories are the ones of the people that you probably meet on a train and you, know, you just never know what they're doing. I think those are the true inspiring uh, kind of uh, stories, which is why I like having these kind of uh, conversations with real people. But if you have listened to this, Aaron, before we go, why don't you just tell people how they actually find you, by the way, um, and how they can actually grab the book as well?
1: Absolutely. So the book, um, yeah, so that's the front cover there. Self-education. Uh, if you go on Amazon, you can literally type in self-education equal success and income. And, and my books are on there under uh, myself being the author. Hop on to Aaron or I'm on LinkedIn under Knightley Investment Group and um, on YouTube under Aaron Knightley as well. So appreciate that Pete.
0: No worries. So guys, if you haven't, you know, followed or, or seen Aaron, go and seek out some more content. It's really, really good stuff. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, go and find him, go follow. But as always, you know, you've got to remember hopefully if you're listening to this money is a tool life is for living yes you've got to earn money somehow to build the life that you want and your your journey is your own your path is your own but take confidence in your journey and as as we've mentioned in this don't succumb to imposter syndrome and just remember that people buy people and as long as you're Able to have that human interaction, you always have means to build something bigger for the future. But guys, have an amazing week, whatever it is that you do. Thanks again for joining. We'll catch you next Monday. Cheers, babe. Thank you for listening to today's
1: podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people
0: closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.